Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. You want me to start off? You want me to tell you how I'm feeling after watching this uh, Emmanuel Six Chocolate? What what was this called? Uh, it's a great question. Emmanuel According to the firelight in front of me, it's called Movie, movie. Five. <laughs> <laughs> we found the Japanese only released Emmanuel Love Sex and Chocolate. That sounds right. Yeah, I just like, I didn't even, Sex, Chocolate, and Emmanuel. Oh, that's what it's called. Okay, I actually like my one better. So this was called Love, Sex, and Chocolate, Emmanuel Through Time. And pretty sure this has got to be the last one of the Emmanuel Through Times made. Um, A true rarity. So a lot of Emmanuel heads online trying to track this one down. This was only released in the territory of Japan uh, on DVD, which is now out of print. And one of our legendary listeners, who I will not name because they told me specifically that the um, copyright laws in Japan are not to be trifled with, managed to order the DVD. So they, they did buy it. They ordered the DVD, got it delivered to their place, ripped it, converted it, and sent us the file. And um, I like... I respect it. And actually, you know, as a a part-time completionist, I find um, the legwork and the satisfaction at the end of this journey or towards the end of this journey, knowing that we've collected, collected them all, very satisfying. But that is... I'm appreciative, but by the same token, I, I, I wish that this movie wasn't the one that I had just seen. There is a different movie. Uh, there is a different way to do a take on Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory in the Emmanuel yeah, okay. universe. Because this was, this was just a fucking mess. And I am so, I feel sad. I feel so sad for having watched this film. I, I, um, I totally agree with that. I guess 
it's my simple brain. But when I knew that we were having an Emmanuel set in a Willy Wonka sort of style, um, but sexy universe. But sexy. I was, re- I, I guess there was a picture that was in my mind's eye, which was um, a sex scene next to the chocolate waterfall from the Gene Wilder Willy Wonka. It was just like, it was that sort of, you know, really well lit, colorful room with a lot of green in it and then this big. Natural. This is my memory. But you could Natural fuck looking. everything. Instead of everything being edible, you could fuck every single thing in the factory. So everything was just like a, a dildo or a flashlight or it's some other cool shit. I have an, an anus. Just wow. everything is fuckable. That's not what I had, but I like your one and a like, lot. You know the schnozberries taste like schnozberries same, where he licks the wallpaper that's got the different yeah. flavors. What does he say instead of schnozberries, Tim? I think each one of the things is like a different kind of vagina that you're eating out. I don't know what the line is, it but is, probably um, the vaginas taste like vaginas. Delightfully and uncharacteristically sexually vivid of you, Tim. <laughs> Which really tells me um, where you're at. I just I, hated this. I hated okay. this movie. Although I probably didn't like give it as good enough, you know, an opportunity to wow me as I could have. But I this sucked, and it didn't I, even do any Willy Wonka shit. Like they just took the name Willy Wonka and and called a woman Willa, Willa. Wanker. Yeah. And that was it. That was the extent of it. Also, pretty unusual hearing the word wanker in a in an American accent. Yeah, they say it wrong for sure. It just doesn't quite feel right. It's I like want to a- find an online plot synopsis because I couldn't even follow what the fuck was going well, on. Well, I would just say, um, you know, to counter your negative experience, I didn't. I, it, it lagged towards the end, but certainly. I gave it quite a lot of runway to enjoy it, and it didn't really bother me. I just sort of got the more they introduced like extraneous plot details, because mm-hmm. um, really you just want them. It's sort of like the last one we saw, that Emmanuel fucks in the woods or whatever. You just want them to be like it's in a sex factory, yeah. But you don't want them to explore whether or not Willa Wanker is good or evil. All of that stuff is what really you know dragged this movie down. Yeah, um, yeah, they got confused. Um, they got they got waylaid by the moral play of Willa Wanker, who yeah. was sort of presented as a proprietor of, um, or maybe that was the other character actually, who a proprietor of like sex products, um, but mm. then was revealed to be a master of nanotechnology and a real left turn at the end. Yeah, there's a big nanotechnology inspired conclusion. Um, that was neither here nor there for mine. I'm glad that you enjoyed this more than I did, guy. This um, this whole podcast is such a journey for us, but particularly mm. this season, it really it feels like a adventure is a strong word, but I'm going to use it. It feels like a real adventure. Sometimes you're having a great time, and sometimes it's a really tough slog. Well. I, I just think that before they got confused by what they were doing, they had some. Fu- there was some good fun and games. Um, Tell me what so, happened, guy. Tell me about this movie. Tell me well, about the plot. Uh, basically, 
What's the what's the name of the the woman who just can't help herself but have sex or masturbate wherever she is on the blimp? Renee. Renee, your beloved Renee. Yeah. The long and short of it is she couldn't help herself. She had sex with one of the men who's in army fatigues. There are people in army fatigues on the blimp. Yeah, they're, um, they're rocking around with Colonel Sanders, you see. Yeah, and uh, basically he's like, I don't know about this, and she's like, we have to fuck next to the fuck machine. The and generator. Do- it's a generator. It's a, it's a generator that creates wormholes and it's powered by sexual energy. That is correct. And uh, I guess there's something about the forbidden fruit that really fired up that generator to, you know, take them somewhere ridiculous, mm. which was externally from the blimp, it looked like pretty normal. Like they're usually in front of a green screen of a rainforest and it appeared they were in front of a, you know, green screen of a different rainforest. But on Emmanuel.tv, there was an ad that played for Willa Wanker's Sex Emporium. And again, here's an area where it's disappointing because you're like, wow, Willow, we're finally going to Willow Wanker's Sex Emporium. I wonder what incredible creations and what interesting rooms and like the creative ways that, you know, members of the, the core group of people will be peeled off from the group because they can't, you know, contain their lustful desires to fuck all of these exciting machines. But instead they just go to like a warehouse-sized sex shop um, hey, and they're looking around. Can I just say, because you, you, this is actually probably my shining light of the whole movie, but speaking of um, machines that you want to fuck, the bit that you've just referenced, which is in about sort of minute uh, 10 to 12 of the movie, where there's that ad, that features my favorite thing in this whole film. This movie came out in 2012. I don't know what phone it is that she's holding, but in the ad, she's got a mobile a mobile phone that's got two screens side by side, mm. like the Samsung, the folding thing that yeah, yeah. came out like this year for fucking $2,000. I don't know can, what that thing I was, ask, but... Is it, just as it further, you know, aside, inside of your initial aside, yeah. what is the value of this... Samsung flip phone that flips and has two of the same screen. I mean, I think the thing is we've had the same sort of phone since the iPhone came out. It's just a, a slab of glass in the shape of a pack of cards. Like it is, you know, they, they tweak it every year, little, yeah, yeah, little yeah. tweaks here and there. But, I mean, how the fuck are we going to keep selling these things? They're all the same. How do we keep selling them every year when they're all the same? I know. We'll make them bend in half in different yeah. and interesting ways. The idea, okay. I think, is supposed to be that we we get to the point where it's like your phone turns into a tablet, but um, yeah, I understand. I don't that. know. The world is of the, technology kind of makes me borderline suicidal at the moment because we're in lockdown and it's just like <laughs> <laughs> the thing I need in my life, and I would I would hasten to suggest all of us need right now is less screen. Yeah, but Samsung have doubled the amount of screen. And the thing that shits me is in the ad, they all pretty much carried around like a regular phone mm. until they have to like take a phone call or have, send an email. Have you seen <laughs> one? Have you seen one in real life? No. Our friend Leon has one. Leon who who goes <laughs> yeah, to yeah. New York and LA and stuff. Yeah, he's got one. And um, he's all about it. But I'll tell you what, he looks like a fucking idiot when <laughs> yeah. he uses it. And he's also like, you know, whatever fucking thing he got marketed and bought, he's very <laughs> evangelical about that thing until the next piece of marketing comes along. 
anyway, I'd really love to know what that phone is that she's holding. And let me let me get. It is disappointing that I think I've let my shining lights fall by the wayside during the um, Emmanuel adventures. I don't think I've had one every episode, and I really should have. And that's on me. It's a life lesson. It's very easy, especially in a lockdown, Tim, to um, cease to value the things that help get you through a day or a screening of a different Emmanuel film. Yeah. And I'm glad you brought yours up. I'll just do mine as well while Please. I remember, uh, which was later in the film there was a, a a woman was being detained. Willa Wanker is not who she says she is, and she steals intellectual property from her employees and then is convinced that she has to turn everyone into a lesbian, which, you know, in a sentence actually sounds like a lot of fun. Yeah, but in the movie they somehow make it really fucking boring. But she's detaining one of her like top scientists, the woman from whom she's stolen most of the intellectual property, and her former lover who left her for a man, um, which you know sort of informs her origin story as a villain. Um, she's detaining this her former lover and the scientist, and she's like strapped down to a chair, and then the way that she's being detained appears to be from this like sort of rotating this miniature rotating Ferris wheel where all of the characters are tongues. So it's like this wheel of a thousand tongues and she's detained. And as punishment, I guess the wheel spins round and round. It's like, I guess her vagina is constantly being tongued either by one tongue or by like, you know, yeah, it's like a 40, water wheel, a water wheel yeah. of tongues. Um, and it was like, it's not really addressed. It's not, no, none of the characters notice it. It's, it's literally on great for like, Four seconds, but Something it's so funny. Someone in the props department has built, and they're like, this? And then the drink's like, yeah, sure, put it in. And it's like, it's quite insane. Yeah, it is. And yeah. it really, like, it, again, it opens up a portal to a much more interesting and better movie where it's like, we could look at all of the insanely pleasurable torture devices Willa Wank has made to, like, yeah. handle all of her... um dissenting employees but so jettisoning any attempts to explain the plot of this movie let's just talking about the most talk, let's discuss the most batshit moments of it <laughs> there is a fucking scene so it's later it's later revealed that this is um one of the emmanuel.tv blimp cast members or crew members uh vr dream so i think the vr machine is eliciting their deepest <laughs> sexual desires yeah yeah but you don't See, know this, this is, at the and time just Inside of this, I'd like to say, what when we're watching this, this is when I'm still enjoying the movie at this point. It's like we're in this world yeah. before it's revealed it's a dream. And yeah, I'm like, yeah. well, this is kind of fanciful. Fair enough. Um, so, that well, I don't even know if we're talking about the same bit because there's one with Emmanuel, which is even crazy, but I'll let you get into that. I'm, but, no, I'm thinking of the, I think we're thinking the same okay. one, the first one. So the there's witch. a woman who's like on a beach and uh, <laughs> it's like, I don't know how else to say it. She gets attacked by a bunch of sand dildos, which are um, <laughs> completely uh, uh, powered of their own volition and appear to have some cognizance. And they're like living things that go through the sand. Yeah, They're dildos. They're not made of sand. They're just dildos that live in well, sand. And they operate like the fin in... Jaws, they're just like roaming around, quite freaky. Like you, you know, it's Jaws because they took the whatever those opening chords of Jaws are like. Dun, they took them and changed them both. Like one of them, they made slightly flat, and the other one, they made sharp or something. It's like, dun, dun. but you know that you know what, they're what, this, what they're saying is this is a bit like Jaws, but with dildos. And there's a bunch of them, and 
they attack this woman who's just like sunbathing on a beach on a towel and uh, it, she's terrified, but then she's into it. But then, <laughs> and this is one of the wilder moments of the whole Emmanuel through time thing. They all start jizzing on her, Bukaki style. Yeah. Some of them are blurred out and some of them are not. Well, and I don't know what the difference is between. It's. I mean, at this point, it seems vital to mention that as this is, you know, this is a property that we've received from Japan, um, and anyone who's watched, you know, a modicum of, of pornography might know that Japanese, you know, Japanese uh, porn is, is there's always these pixelated. The rules are you gotta blur out the cocks. You gotta blur the cocks. You gotta blur the mons pubis. You gotta obviously blur the vagina. It appears you have to blur the anus, and sometimes. You don't, and also um, sometimes you've got to blur underpants. Well, I'd like to bring your attention to Japanese Criminal Code Article 175, which states that indecent works must be censored. The pixelated blur became the industry standard and was accepted by the government. So Sounds. it's right there in their um, in their laws. Well, you can imagine that our one libertarian listener is absolutely spewing at the fact the government decides, you know. That one was from Reddit. This one is from Cora. Um, All forms of pornography made in Japan must follow the regulations of the Obscenity Act, which forbids showing genitals without pixelating or otherwise covering the area. You wouldn't expect it, given the sort of reputation and profile Japan has with regards to the adult industry, but the law is quite strictly enforced. It's only been in recent years that the law has been relaxed substantially with regard to artistic works. Now, that was an answer left in 2015. Well, uh, this movie was made in 2012, so maybe if the Emmanuel series was going now and went yeah. to Japan, we'd, we'd have a different story. If you can't find what you want on Reddit... But, There's a pretty good chance you can find it on Quora. Shout but, out to our sponsor, Quora. Yeah, thanks, Quora. Um, it still doesn't answer my question. What is the difference between these two kinds of dildos? Am I led to believe that they used actual penises for the ones that were blurred <laughs> in the sand? Because the crazy thing was, let's say there's 20 penises around her, which is roughly the math. That's about right. So there's it's four sides. You know how a rectangle works. All those walls are lines of dildos that are jizzing on her. And in the four corners, those are the ones that are visible. And those ones are purple dildos, but they've still got sperm coming out. It's sort of like a CGI effect thing. The other ones are blurred. So that would mean, I mean, I would have thought it would be more efficient to use four real penises at the corner and fill the rest out with dildos. The thing is, if if you're going to blur it anyway... You could use whatever the fuck you want. But they just... don't. This is what I'm saying, guy. They don't blur the corner ones. Those are fully visible. It's only the ones in between the corners that are blurred. What's well, different like, about them? Those were, um, if my memory serves, because they're, they're featured in a pretty intense sex. So, you know, amongst all of these different Jaws dildos, you've sort of got your one star dildo, which is what Tim's described as like your, your purple penis sized dildo. And then all of the other ones, to me at least, appeared to be like um, from the factory floor, those sort of penis straws that you might see on a bachelorette party. 
Oh, the ones so, that go in between your toes. No, you're so wrong. So there's another mo- there's another shot in this scene where the, the ones that guy's talking about, they're kind of like, they're actually more realistic than a bachelorette party penis straw. They, they kind of look like tiny penises. Like they're slightly more anatomically correct I, than a penis straw. Can we just, again, while, while we're here, can I just say this as an aside? What mm. an incredible like ongoing motif for a bachelorette party for everything to be penis themed. Mm. Just sensational. Like penis straws? Hilarious. <laughs> it is funny. It is a good gag. What, and a great they, what, like, what is who is that for? How did that become the thing? Well, guys, you know how um we all don't have sex before marriage still? Yes. In this year of our Lord twenty twenty one. That's what it's about. It's about, hey, here's this funny body part you've never seen before that you're gonna you're have gonna to be, get used yeah, to. Yeah, yeah. Sister. Get familiar with it. Yeah. That's great. There are these slightly more anatomically correct visions of a penis straw that go like in between silicone penis straws in between your toes on the beach, which is yeah. quite a ghastly image. So those you, ones aren't blurred, guy. So you're wrong again. I know. I know they're not blurred, but I'm saying I feel like the point of differentiation is that when they when those more realistic penis straws ejaculate mm. on mass, well, you know, cornered so, by the. Japan's indecency laws line in the sand is purple dildo, you can jizz out of that. Fleshy dildo, we can see that. Fleshy dildo jizzing, no. That's the literal line in the sand. Wow. You know what? When you lay it all like that, I don't know if this is your intention, but that kind of makes sense to me because the purple dildo is too far from a penis. You know, a non-ejaculating straw is just a straw. But as soon as you make a straw come, that's a cock. (laughs) And I just want to emphasize for everyone that when Tim's talking about these penis straws fucking the toes, so you've got four gaps between your five toes. I think I'm doing that right. Yeah. There's a straw in every toe, and it looks amazing. So now I would like you guys to describe um, the next <laughs> VR <laughs> sequence that happens with Emmanuel. I can't even really remember the. Well, all so, I remember is the key bit. Yeah. So basically, I was missing you at the start of the film, Tim, because um, as you'd expect in a movie called Emmanuel's Sex, Love, and Chocolate, or whatever. Also, I've got to say, every time I hear the title or try to think of the title, it just makes me think of. A Moz Def song I used to love. It's got the coolest like jazz flute sample. It's called Sex, Love and Money. And um you could listen put it on, you know, but after the podcast, the first eight bars, if you like that, it'll really hook you in. Uh but they're introducing food play again. And honestly, it's quite a nice touch. It's an homage, it's a nod to the fact that, you know, if not Emmanuel always, the surrounding characters in the Emmanuel universe love to fuck with food. Yeah. And this is, you know, the word chocolate's in the title, you can assume that. And Emmanuel, and I can't remember her handsome sort of romantic partner on the blimp's name. Is that William? We can call him William. I think it's William. I'm pretty sure that's William. He's like, she's talking about how she's got this great French wine and he's like seducing her with this fondue. And um, there's all this food cut up and he's dipping chocolate and like offering it to her. And it's kind of, it's starting to get quite sexy. And it's quite, honestly, it's like quite an emotionally grounded, like more of a love making scene. Than yeah. A, it's not really just 
raw sex and it's also not like one of the weird fanciful like sort of fantasy sex scenes that we've seen in so many of these Emmanuel through time and, films. and this was so brilliant because i'm just trying to find your comment shit where is it because you you mentioned that out loud to me you said this is like the truest moment of porn in this film i felt like that a few times oh, here we go. <laughs> this is kind of the most pure porn of this batch these guys are making love and then yeah. I replied, wait for it. <laughs> yes. Well, yeah, yeah. Well, I'll, I'll get to the point at which you said wait for it. And by the way, we were not watching this in exact synchronicity. I was but, ahead, so I knew what was going yeah, on. But I read wait for it, like, and literally less than a breath later, what I was waiting for was upon me. And it was a very, very satisfying wait. Like, it was so good. But so he's playing with this food and... um. He's he's got banana chopped up, makes all the different stuff for fondue. At one point, she dips a dildo in the chocolate and offers it to him, and he does a sort of coy like no 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 face. Not for me. Like, well, someone's going to suck the chocolate tip of this dildo, and she you know does that. But um, all I could look at was there was this chopping board where he'd gone into all the trouble of like cutting up this fruit to dip in the fondue, and there's like strawberries, which would say the most traditional marshmallows, and then there's also all these like sliced up pieces of banana and if there's one thing i know about these emmanuel films it's like they love getting a banana in there and as soon as i saw the banana i don't know if this is about this definitely is reflective of where i am and the entire journey we've been on i was like oh i do not want to see how you incorporate a sliced banana into a sex scene i was like on the edge of my seat with fear Anyway, they blow right Lizzie, past. Can I just say, this so I remember so little from like all of these movies, but the scene that is <laughs> just burned into my memory, which I think I'll take to my dying day, is the Emmanuel where <laughs> they're a band, yeah, and that whole and food stage. fucking scene is so like vividly in there. Like I can see the 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 bowls of food. I can see the table laid out. <laughs> yeah, that was so fucked up. It was a real so high, intense. It was a high watermark. Yeah, someone was filleting a peeled banana, and then I can't tell if I made this up of heaven. Either way, it's fucked that it's put it in my head. But she bites the like she bites off the end of the banana. <laughs> you couldn't handle that anyway. So it's a case of what we're calling Emmanuel's banana. They have this lovely lovemaking scene, and I'm like, they didn't use the banana. But I'm not relaxing until I see it put in the compost <laughs> or something because I know it's out there. <laughs> And then later on, not unlike this woman who sort of had this VR sex dream on a beach, Emmanuel has a sex dream back on the um, blimp with the William, the her partner, and he like sort of shows up. It's all it's been quite a fanciful sort of film, but all of a sudden it's all back to the you know the boring reality it's set on, where they travel the world on this blimp with a glass floor and yeah. travel through wormholes. <laughs> Using a fuck generator, they fuck on the um on the blimp floor, which is see through. Which they we've they've done that in a previous movie. We've commented on it. It's a great way to fuck. It's and it's a great way to design a blimp. Mm. Um, but they have a really another really tender and beautiful love making scene, and then they finish, and she's sort of like Emmanuel, sort of like rinsed out and naked, and he's like, "But we got to have dessert," and she says, "Um, ah." Uh, She's like, oh, no, we've, I'm full. And he's like, no, no, you got to have dessert. And then he comes back over, and I'm just shitting myself that he's going to be carrying like a handful of sliced brown banana. 
And he does, and he brings out a, a grape, or it might, a, a, what looks like a grape, but it turns out he rolls it along his body, and I'm like, this is a grape, right? Is that a chocolate? It looks like a Malteser maybe. And he puts it in her mouth, and she's taken this, um, and it's like, as all of this is happening is when Tim messages me saying, wait for it. And so I get wait for it, and I'm like, the bana- there's a banana coming. But it turns out instead, and this is so far from what I imagined, but equally <laughs> incredible, it's like a it's a chocolate that Willy Wankers developed, which makes you so fucking full of sexual energy. And she eats it, and he's like, "She's like, where'd you get that?" He's like, "Oh, it's a chocolate. I took it from the the Willy Wankers sex emporium." And she's like, "You what?" Because she knows a little bit about it. She's like, "This is not good." And she like, in a matter of seconds, becomes like a giant. Like a giant, she becomes an avatar from a Navi. A Navi from James Cameron's Avatar. She's like, like a giant. And, and I'm not saying we're, we're not telling you that it's it's like that size or that kind of shade of blue. No, they painted her to be <laughs> Navi. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It is perfectly like for like. It becomes massive, and you're just like, okay, couldn't have seen this coming. But again, a movie that's not afraid to be topical and like you know reference current pop culture, and then the scientist comes in. And she immediately knows what's going on. She's like, you've got too much sexual energy. You need to do something with that now. And because she's a novice, she's got this big tail. And as soon as she's now, she just plants the tail up the scientist's vagina and just like lifts her off the ground until there's yeah. a few shots of her toes like reaching for the ground, but you can't reach it and just fucks the ever-loving <laughs> shit out of her. The scientist is loving it. Emmanuel is loving it. Her... um. William recovering Bo William, who's in the refractory period, is he doesn't know what to make of the scene yeah. that's unfolding in front of him. And, and then the movie uses the same pullback and reveal, which is like this is Emmanuel in the sexy VR. This isn't actually happening. Which is in some ways it's like shitty because it's like and then I woke up, but in other ways is cooler because what this machine I'm pretty sure is designed to do is reveal your greatest sexual. Uh, like escapism fantasy, and that is so fucking weird and specific yeah, that yeah. for Emmanuel to just be rolling around in her head, and it's like I'm not just into role play. I'm into a very specific situation where I eat a chocolate, and like Alice in Wonderland, it affects my body in a crazy way, which is that I get ultra horny and then turn into a Navi from Avatar yeah. and fuck someone with my tail. It is, yeah. <laughs> It's so hyper-specific. And, like, you know, I'd be so interested to put that VR set on myself. Just to, yeah. know, you know, like... Because I don't I'm think Emmanuel ju- knew that was no, in no, her, no. right? She, she didn't seem to know that. that. Like, you know, that catches everyone off guard, that machine. Yeah. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. 
Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. Now, Tim, you know I'm a huge advocate for hiring an objective professional, licensed professional to tell my problems to. So that when they tell me what they think, I know I'm getting it straight. That's where BetterHelp comes in. That's right. BetterHelp have a big pile of professionals to talk to at your convenience online. You've done a bit of therapy, right, Guy? I started doing therapy during, uh, there was a pandemic. I don't know if you remember. And the benefits were immediate and long-lasting. They help give you skills that you can use when you are in stressful or anxious situations. Honestly, it's changed my life for the better. I guess that's why they call it BetterHelp. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash all time today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp.com slash all time. Um, I just also, I forgot to mention, I know I, I was quite, I took a while to describe what was happening there, but um, there's also more food play with sushi Mm. Uh, last Samantha Jones and Sex in the City yes. too, and um, he he brings out all the sushi and he's just like running it along your body. And at one point he um he takes a raw prawn and he's just like running it around the perimeter of her nipple, her areola, and it's um well it's not arousing. No, it isn't. Um, there's something about the temperature sensitivity of raw fish. That just makes the whole affair um, very high stakes and uh, not very sexually charged. Yeah, yeah. I, it, it, it took me back. To, I remember like watching Samantha do that in sex. It was like, how do you how do you think sushi's sexy? It's just well, no, like- I think that I I actually think they do an all right job using Kim Cattrall because it's like everything looks very um, expensive. You know, it's a it's a big budget movie, so it, the sushi looks expensive. She's she's looks expensive. It's all beautifully shot. It's like I get yeah. it, but someone would have to walk in like thirty seconds after you put it on your body for that to be kosher. Yeah, it's. I mean, money can't buy taste, and you know you've got to have like a you know ten years worth of understanding. That this is one of the most punctual people in the world to even think about draping your body in raw fish. Mm. You know, and that. Being both delicious and edible and sex, like I don't have that kind of confidence, and God willing, I never will. I just like best case scenario, you eat like a hundred, two hundred and fifty dollars worth of raw fish, and then and then you're supposed to have sex on a full tummy of rice and uncooked fish. <laughs> Doesn't sound ideal. So this movie is um, kind of, after about the first 40 minutes, centred around Willa Wonka, who we've mentioned, mm. who, who makes all these products. And that is portrayed by a woman called Rena Riffle. 
And she hasn't used a nom de plume in the credits. Uh, this is her real last name, as far as I can tell, or at least it's the name that she uses universally as, as a stage name. It's her real vagina name as well, Tim. Because you said it's her real ass name. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, okay, righto. Thanks. She's in Showgirls, Striptease, <laughs> Mulholland Drive, and a bunch of other movies. And I can tell you that because there is not a doubt in my mind that she wrote her own Wikipedia page. It is long. For someone who's – she's got a lot of credits, you know, I can't deny. She's done a lot of stuff, and Mulholland Drive this is a big movie, you know? Huge. I've not seen, do you know, I don't know if I've seen any David Lynch films. I think I've seen my Holland Drive and I can't remember fucking any of it. I it was a long a bit time of a ago. Trip. Um, Rena Riffle also, if I'm understanding, yeah, she did. So she was in Showgirls, I think it's like, you know, not one of the stars, another movie I've not seen. And then she just was like, I'm going to make the sequel. And she did. She made Showgirls 2, Pennies from Heaven, which came out in 2011, starred, written, produced, edited, directed by Rena Riffle, who reprises her role from the first film. Um, She's in a lot of stuff. Now, this Wikipedia page of hers goes into such detail that it is mentioning like appearances on uh, Kimmel, which is generally such extraneous detail that, you know, if anyone else was visiting this Wikipedia page, it would be taken out because there's certain guidelines around, you know, how much detail we really need on a Wikipedia page. However, there is not one single goddamn mention of this movie on here, which, in my mind, reads to me that she is the reason this only came out in Japan. I think she intervened once she kind of figured out what this was and what was going on. And I think she, like, tried to do everything she could to make sure that it wouldn't come out, and she couldn't do that. So she managed to get, uh, what's his name, Strutsky? Uh, Alan Strutsky. Um, to to somehow they formed some arrangement where it would just come out in the territory of Japan. That is fascinating. What do you she, think? She, well, she's like, we've not seen her before. She's an outside presence, and she's clearly, like, one of the stronger actors in the cast. She's a proper actor, yeah. Um, I mean, not like a mate, like you, you know, she's not winning an Oscar for her performance no, in this no, movie, no, but, but you can you can tell she knows her way around she's the movie more, set. She's she's like further along in her career, or at least in her confidence, than a lot of the um the others. Yeah. Um. I mean, we're so far down the rabbit hole with these movies. Like, part of me. When it was like, oh, no, this one only came out in Japan. Yes, that obviously strikes me as unusual. But also I'm like, well, that's what's going to happen sometimes is you're going to watch so many Emmanuel movies that you come across one that's only available in Japan. I thought going into this that it was going to be like a a kind of Japanese version of Emmanuel. Like either this wasn't Emmanuel through time. So I didn't know if it was part of the series and they'd actually have like a whole Japanese cast doing porn but in sort of an Emmanuel universe or like the Willy Wonka character was Japanese and maybe and I was also expecting when the movie file came through to us I was I was expecting it to be dubbed in Japanese but it wasn't it was Mm. just a normal ass Emmanuel through time with like I don't there's no real 
Like, is there anything in the movie to suggest to you that they knew from the outset this would only come no, out in Japan that, and don't no, mention no. sushi? Absolutely. The, absolutely not. And I didn't even put the sushi thing together. Like, or Because I didn't know anything about it, I kind of expected them when they were like traveling through a wormhole. Because this fucking blimp goes all around the world. I was like, hmm. oh, it's going to be pretty interesting seeing these guys in Japan. Yeah. Man. But it didn't do that. So I'm thinking this all happened after the fact, and uh, I'm, I'm going to put it to you, Guy Montgomery, one of the only people on earth qualified to entertain and swish this concept around in your mouth to test the validity of it, that Rena Riffle is the reason why this only came out in Japan, and there is many a frustrated Emmanuel fan online who is absolutely baying for blood to the, for this to be put online and streamable somehow. People really want their fucking hands on this movie that we've got. I don't know how to put it on the torrents without implicating myself somehow. Yeah. Um, yeah, look, i got nothing to say, but I really admire the way your brain works, man. I'm asking you, do you think it stacks up? Do you think she did this? I'm I'm co-signing that 100%. I've got um, nothing to go on except the convincing argument laid forth by my friend Tim Bat, whose brain connects dots in a way that mine quite simply can't. Oh, she's in Striptease, that Demi Moore movie. That's Burt Reynolds. Was that movie well-reviewed or poorly-reviewed? Striptease lacked the momentum that Showgirls gained in its cult status and has subsequently been referred to as one of the worst movies ever made. There you mm. go. I feel like I'd come across that tidbit. Yes. Um, it gets attributed to a lot of films that we brush up against, either for a watch or a year of watches. Well, anything that has you know, got a little bit of money behind it and is bracketed as one of the worst movies of all time. Guy, this is... Very... Oh. Hello? Hello. Oh, boy. Hello. Do you like my hat? Uh, it's a fine hat, George Lazenby. It's a fedora. Yeah, I can tell. Yeah. Um, where did where, When and where did you get a fedora? I found it. Did you? Where did yeah. you find a fedora, George? On a dead body. <gasps> Whoa. That's uh, pretty full on. Yeah, it was crazy. Where did you see a dead body, George Lazenby? I stepped over one on my way here. Wow. You didn't, uh, you weren't sort of implicated in the body being dead or know how that came to pass or anything? No, no, no. They were holding a briefcase, an open briefcase, Mm -hmm. full of diamonds and a fedora. And you, what did you do with the briefcase? Oh, I left it. I mean, how's the hat? Wow. You're, you're an interesting man, George Lazenby. I know what I like. Um, George, we we just, Guy and I just watched a movie. Mm. Yeah, I don't know Was if I you in caught, it? Uh, you were not in this movie. I don't know if you caught any uh, of the comments as you were sort of walking up the path there to make it in, but we just watched the last Emmanuel, probably the last Emmanuel movie we'll watch. I think that's it for us. Well, not a five my way with the franchise. <laughs> Yes, I don't know if we've got time for you to sort of make and produce and release a film. We do. Uh, There's more coming out. It's me having sex with every single Bond girl in chronological order. Um, I'm just going to double check something, George. It's called George Lazenby's Emmanuel. 
you're 82. Yes. Now. Yes. You're going to have sex with all of the Bond girls. I mean. And God willing, by the time I get up to 2021, I'll come and die. Who's, uh, who's watching this, man? Who's this movie for? I guess you guys. <laughs> A movie just for us once again. Um, well, very kind of you to pitch us a porno, um, but I think generally the way this works is we sort of bring an idea over to you to see if it would be worth financing. Don't need an idea. You're, got, you're already covered. You're good. I've got a hat and i got yeah. about, I guess, 50, 60 pornos to make. Yeah. I think um, I can't help but think that you should have taken some of those diamonds in the briefcase, or maybe the whole briefcase. I mean, you had a container to carry the diamonds. Mm-hmm. Um, you could fund the movie using the diamonds, you see. Also, I think it's um, sort of worth pointing out that putting the pieces together, it feels like you've implicated yourself in a pretty high-stakes heist, but sort of just to get a hat out of it. <laughs> but how is the hat? The, I mean, the hat's... The hat sucks, George. No one wears fedoras. Fedoras have become hey, fuck a, a you, I'm joke. James Bond. I wear what I like and I'm not afraid of anyone. You keep saying you're James Bond. You were James Bond for one movie in, I believe, Shut your the fucking 60s. mouth. I came across a very wealthy and um, influential financier who's also into the creative arts. They're going to help me make these films. Okay. They'll play a small supporting role. What what film? The films where you fuck all the Bond girls. Is that yeah. a series? I thought you just meant that was going to be like a one release. Thing. No, 50, 60 movies. Oh Different my Different movies for every Bond girl. And you want to know who's going to play the villain? Uh, who? My financier. Oh, wow. Is it anyone I know? I don't know. Does the name Neil Breen mean anything to you? Uh, actually, <laughs> yeah, it fucking does. Neil Breen? <laughs> wow. Holy shit. I literally couldn't think of anyone better for you to team up with to bring this vision to fruition. That is, he is a powerful. Fr- How much do you know about Neil? Are you sort of, are you old friends of his? Nothing. I a ran into friendship? him on the way here. He Fucking was... hell, dude. Was he implicated in the diamond heist somehow? Because he seems no, like no, the kind. No, 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 but he was covered in blood. Right. Different, uh, unrelated matter, though. Presumably. Seemed none like a your, good guy. None of your business. <laughs> That's cool, man. Um, guy and I have actually watched all of Neil Breen's films, except for his most recent release, which doesn't really count as a movie, but um, I think it was like about seven hours of how to make Hollywood movies. Incredibly prodigious young man. Yeah, he is. He's a real doer, which I respect, and I think he's got... um. He actually hasn't said a lot about an upcoming project that he's working on right now. Are you guys already in pre-production? Like, is this underway? Well, we came up with the idea about 15 minutes ago, so... Um, right, 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 I right. I guess we are. Yeah, okay. Maybe not what I'm thinking of, though, that he was referencing um, on his Twitter. Um, shit, man. I tell you what, I'm excited, George, George Lazenby. I'm really excited to hear this news. Thank you. It's a, it's a real... Um, it's a partnership for well, the ages. Tragically, some of the Bond girls have um, since passed on. So yes, yes. Neil's going to use this digital technology he has. Oh, you're going to go Tupac on it? Yeah. 
It's so cool. Or I guess because it's film, more more like uh, um, Princess Leia. Whatever you want to call it, man, we're going to make it work. <laughs> going to make a lot of money. <laughs> That's cool, man. Well, I tell you one thing that um, I know for sure about Neil Breen, having seen all of his movies, the man knows how to pull off CGI. So I think it's going to be a uh, pretty flawless depiction of these dear departed Bond girls who I'm sure you're very we wanted tastefully. To be ta- we, we wanted to be tasteful. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, that's um, certainly his forte. The two things you've got to know about Neil Breen, and this is why I'm so delighted that you're teaming up with him. One, tasteful cinema is his forte. Two, the guy knows how to nail computer-generated imagery for special effects. There's no one better in the biz. Well, I, I couldn't feel luckier. I mean, I just wanted to get a compliment on my hat, but to hear yeah. you say that about Neil really means the world. Yeah, fantastic. All right. Well, George, unless Guy's got any commentary for you, it seems like you're not taking any pictures today. So um, I actually wanted to cautiously invite you um, to the next episode of our podcast. Mm-hmm. And I haven't cleared this with Guy yet, so I don't know if he's keen to um, – I'm sure he is. Look, we both think – we are really huge cool. fans, George. You're a lot of fun to hang out with. What we were thinking of doing to um, sort of end uh, the Emmanuel season off with, actually we, we, we might do something first, but to, to really cap off this season of our podcast, um, we were hoping to have you on um, to, to ride side saddle with us while we do a director's commentary of On Her Majesty's Secret Service, your Bond movie. Oh, my God. And you could tell us about the sort of behind-the-scenes trivia and what was going on at the time and, you know, how you shot certain things, the movie magic. Well, before I say yes, I've got to warn you, boys. Yeah. You know that movie's not a porno. Uh, No, I do. Yeah, I do know Unless you consider perfect acting to be very horny. Well, I kind of do. But, you know, porno or none, that's totally fine. I just think... You've really contributed so much to the to. season. What do you think, guy? <laughs> For some of it. <laughs> All right. Well, it sounds like we've got a plan. It sounds like a date. So what, what I what I thought, um, guy, what I thought we might do yeah. is next episode is I think we should uh, go back to the start. We've traveled such a long ways from where we left, like a hero's journey. We've left the village of the first ever Emmanuel. We have sacrificed a lot. We have changed. We have grown. And I think we need to return home to complete the hero's journey and uh, see what we've learned and how we've grown. You're telling me we're watching the very first. That's what I think. I think that's a great idea. I think um, obviously – a huge amount of me wants to put this in the rearview mirror, but there is. Um, I think it's important. Well, I, I think it's. I, it's I'm with it's, you, like I do too. But I just, no, I feel I agree. like it's, it's satisfying to track all the way back yeah. and to be like, it's, you know, it's interesting to observe, and this will afford us that opportunity. But like the mutation of something, exactly. You know, like what if you if you create something and you put it out into the world, yeah. As soon as it's released, that thing is no longer yours because. Yes. No one else could possibly interpret it or, you know, experience it the way that exactly you imagined. Yeah. And so for the thing you released to be an intellectual property that is then like, you know, reinterpreted 
across so many decades and in so many different ways is um it's exciting to go back to the beginning. Well, that's that's cool, man. Oh, uh guy, there's someone at the door. No, he can go fuck himself. No, he seems pretty keen <laughs> He's to get pretty in. Pretty keen to go fuck himself. You don't you don't want to let this gentleman in? He's knocking pretty loudly. Order inspector. Oh, hey, buddy. Long time no see. Boner Inspector, I've got bad news for you, my friend. Yes? I've just watched Emmanuel, uh, what I'm calling Love, Sex and Chocolate. I've I've changed the title slightly for my own purposes. I think it's a a good punch-up. Dude, not a skerrick of anything. I can't understand how anyone would masturbate to this film. Yeah, and I'm sorry to say, but it's, you know... To watch the sex scenes, you're like, this is the one that they want us to masturbate to the most. But I just wasn't a bee. No, not not happening at all. Nothing. No action south of the border. Did anyone so suck off report. a banana? I'm running a new survey. Well, they no. didn't, but they got pretty fucking. All the equipment was there. The gun was loaded, but it it didn't go off. Oh well, <laughs> very good to know. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Right. See you, see you gotta later, go, man. Got to go He's, to the local supermarket to feel the bananas. Okay, very cool. He's out of there, folks. Wow. And, I mean, God, if anything has proven that George Lazenby's the world's greatest listener, he's just been sitting in the corner of the room <laughs> watching all this unfold. George, um, such a kind and generous <laughs> conversationalist. But you can feel free to get out of here and we'll, um, okay, we'll catch you in the next episode. Well. Yeah, cool. Good to see you, though. Take care. Fuck. It's going to be a real shame to see the back of those guys. It sure will. It's been nice hanging out with them. So, Guy, I wish you well. Thank you. Um, oh, actually, before yep. before we go, can I mm, um, mm, mm. advertise myself? Yeah, I'd love that. In fact, that's probably the thing that's going to get me horniest out of the past three hours. Oh, yeah, man. I know you love it when I advertise myself. Well, I just released an hour of me doing stand-up comedy on Bandcamp, and um, it's my show from this year. I recorded it on the night, I reckon. I did the best show of my life. So what a stroke of luck that is. It's five New Zealand dollars, which is like zero dollars if you're listening in England. The link is presumably in the show notes. Here's hoping. It's it a great show. You'll enjoy it. it this is a this is a, a a tuppence to pay to stay in the um, United Kingdom, which you reference for some reason. It's nothing. It's zero. Uh, yeah. So you know, get involved. Get it in. Yeah, it's a bloody good time. And um, I thank think you. that concludes also, the episode. Yeah. Also, a huge thank you to everyone who, if if you have, who's already bought it. It's been yeah. so. It's been such a positive experience to put something out into the world. Yeah. Yeah, isn't it nice? Yeah. And thank you so much to um, all the people who reached out as well to help us um, track down this Emmanuel as well. Yeah. In particular, the person who who did. Desire for us to see every Emmanuel is admirable and infuriating.
Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.